Oh, no! Oh, I'm, I, you, I want you to know that I am picturing something very goofy. Okay, good. I, I think it's actually really important that everyone picture and try to stick a pin in their minds on what they think the lesbian sex wars are because uh, if you get it right, I'll give you a koozie. Okay. <laughs> History, I'd like to follow me. And welcome to Hilf History. I'd like to fuck with Don Brody. I'm Don Brody. Oh, what a night we had. The following episode was recorded live on May 26th, 2022 at the Glendale Room just outside Los Angeles. And the crowd filled this charming little venue that seems as if it were made for us. I mean, every wall is covered in books and every seat is a cozy one. There's a little beer and wine fridge in the corner. Help yourself. I know, right? Now, we will host another live recording at some point in our second season, and we'd love for you to join us. In addition to Full Frontal Hilf, we also invite some of my favorite comics and musicians and magicians to drop in. So subscribe and follow so you're the first to know when it's happening. As for tonight, you are joining the live audience after we've heard stand-up from Ryan Ripple, who was a previous HILF guest from our episodes on the F-word, and we also just heard from the special guest for this episode, comedian Rachel Scanlon, who in her set celebrated, among other things, her weight loss milestones over the past year. She assigned me the subject of lesbians, and it was a joy to dive in. Okay, you've got your seat and your beer. I've got a nice cold one myself. Let's get started. Um, Sean, how are we doing on levels? Levels. You're fantastic. We're fantastic. Oh, well, if we're fantastic, then let's dance. We keep my eye on the clock because here's why I gotta keep my eye on the clock, Rachel. Because I never shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I never shut the fuck up. And if I've learned anything, it's that I need a little buzzer in my pocket or somebody being like, that's good. That's enough. And so I promise to stay on subject and on time tonight. In front of me, friends, I have several exciting things. I have my notes. And I've had guests now who have listened to several episodes are always very curious as to what I have in front of me when I'm fucking this history. Um, And uh, it's it's, uh, Sharpie. (laughs) On a big fat fucking piece of paper is what it is because I smoke a lot of dope and I'm 43, so there's factors. Hot, Um, right? I know you love you love women who read. Well, I love a reader, and and 43 is very hot to me. Oh God, you wait till I turn 44, girl. It's only getting better. It's only getting better. I have in front of me a mango cart beer in a hilf koozie. Damn. I have a really beautiful audience here. Let me hear you, girls. Do you hear that? And you know, I love doing the podcast. I love it so much, but I do sometimes. They go, I wonder if they laughed at that one. Oh, oh I told a little joke. I wonder if they were sitting in the car going, oh, oh, that was very funny, Dawn. And now I get to hear it. 
exciting. And then I also have in front of me my guest, Rachel Scanlon. You are a vision. You are so skinny. <laughs> Thank you. I honestly, I've kept looking around being like, where's, where Rachel? is she? I, oh, it's not a throw pillow. It's right. Ra- you know, like it is, you are so tiny. Thank you. I know. Um, and I'm so uh, goddamn delighted that you are here. Now I'm going to tell now that people here, they heard your, your, a little bit about you. Yes. Um, I want to tell you about when I met. Rachel, look at this. We're already touching caps. It's going to get very exhilarating. It's hard for me to keep my hands. I'm just keeping closer keep and closer to Dawn. This, this is this is our chaperone. We have a little squirrel. <laughs> Can you guys see this? With eight arms, and it's going to need all eight arms to be like, ah, ladies. Ah, ah, ah. Um, so when I first met Rachel, and correct me if I'm wrong, we were sitting outside of the YooHoo room at Flappers in Burbank. Yes, yes, yes. I had never laid eyes on you before. As far as I know, you had never seen me before. Yes. It was outside in the lobby. And we kind of looked, and there was a little... Am I wrong? No, you are little, correct. Little, little, and I kind of, hello, you know, hi. Oh. And she's talking, and we're talking. And, and the next thing you know, we're, we're, we both are leaning forward with, like, our hands on our knees. And we're smiling so much, our faces hurt. And we're kind of doing this. We're <laughs> touching. And then we see we've got compass oh. tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> I know. First number one is, oh, my God, you have a compass tattoo. Me too. Okay, crazy. Then where are you from? Minnesota. Oh, my God. You're from Minnesota. I'm from Wisconsin, but I lived in Minnesota for 25 years. That's so crazy. Mm -hmm. And we go back and forth. I said, I lived on a boat on the Mississippi River, and you were like, get in my mouth. You know, I mean, it was... 100%. 100%. And it was a love fest. And then we did a couple of shows together. And oh, my God, so fucking funny. So fun. We also have, like, like kind of similar hair. We have, like, like this curly kind of auburny hair. And we, we, we were just locked in very quickly and I went to college in Wisconsin so we kept being like and that too it was just like a lot like is your dad's name Jim basically I mean no but (laughs) I'm gonna make him change it (laughs) well if that's what we need if that's what it takes Don that's what it takes and you you're a comedian and you're all over the place and you're up and coming and you have your own podcast called I Love You Rachel Scanlon Mm -hmm. and you guys heard me I'm not fucking around with the love love is everything and I do love love and I think that when I meet people who are like oh fuck it it's love there's the thing so her podcast, I Love You, Rachel Scanlon, the most recent episode, if I'm not mistaken, was about you and your mom going out into the desert, taking a ton of edibles, yes. and then talking about sex. Yes! Uh, Dawn, you did your research! Oh, yeah. I got the fucking notes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, Jean and I Amazing. went. Yeah, Jean. Jean's my mom. Jean Scanlon, we went straight into the desert. She's an avid line dancer. And she lost 150 pounds when I went off to college. So now, when she wants to get a little fucked up, because we're from the Midwest and that's what we do, she says, I'll take edibles because there's so much less calories. Fucking genius. Gene. Genius gene. Genius. She's like, I'm never going to drink again. These are the best. She she calls it getting twirly. Isn't that the sweetest thing you've ever heard in your your whole life? Oh, my God. And does your dad imbibe? No, he gets hammered. He's just like a, he's like a, a Bud Light Platinum type of man. <laughs> nice. yeah. yeah. See, my mom will pop a like bag of Franzia, like a Capri Sun. Oh, yes. And just like, <laughs> but I think that you could chase her off the ledge of a building with a joint. I think that she'd be mm. like, yay, like, mm-mm. But have no. you ever told her that she can eat it? Yeah, and I thought about slipping it to her. I really have. Yeah. There's still time. And she listens to this podcast, and she's always a little suspicious because, 
Lana Adams. Oh, Lana Adams. Lana On the pontoon with her friends, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, Lana Adams, uh, you know, you got to keep your shoes laced up tight. And she always has her free canvas bag from the library, just in case. Oh. And, you know, and so, but she knows that I smoke dope. And she knows that I'm, frankly, a connoisseur. And um, and so every once in a while when she's visiting, she'll kind of get, if you need to go smoke dope, you know, you don't got to hide it. <laughs> you don't have to hide it. I know you can go ahead and do what you got to do. But I think she just wants, I think she wants me to puff and pass is what I think. Yeah. I think that she's open. Cause That's she's, how it starts. Lana knows a slippery slope when she sees one. <laughs> and let me tell you what, speaking of, speaking of slippery slopes, our subject for the Hilf. Now, often what I do... Mm-hmm. When I, when I invite my guests on, is sometimes my guests come to me with a subject. They're like, ooh, girl, like, I want you to, like my friend Bo Hufford was like, prohibition, if you do this with anyone else, I'll have your head. Like, he was very serious. And sometimes people are like, no, I like you, and I like history, but I don't understand this at all. <laughs> and I would like you to give me some ideas of things that I can assign you. So I give a, you know, thing. And Rachel was like, yes, I love you, and I'd like to do it, but I don't read. So um, <laughs> what do you have in mind? And I, I, said, I was like, oh, how about the Crusades, or like Joan of Arc, or like Houdini. And I didn't know what any of those words yeah. were. <laughs> Not a single one. Yeah. It's like when people are like Roth IRA, Spectra, Spectus, and, it's, and I'm like, Ooh, Joe Rogan. I'm like, who is she? I'm like, what are we she talking about? Like, what is she this? She sounds so tall. Um, and so Rachel, Rachel wrote back and said, okay, how about lesbians? And I was like, Rachel Scanlon, if you do not think I can hilf these lesbians, girl. I mean, I did James K. Polk. Yeah. And if he has a big mullet, so I feel like, you know what I mean? I already dangled a toe over a historic, <laughs> over a big dike. Um, and, um, and, I'm, and I'm so excited because this does prove yet again that anytime I jump into any subject, I am completely blown away. My friend Ryan asked me, what is the most surprising thing that you've researched? And it's just every episode. I, I honestly couldn't think of a single subject that I have researched ever, but specifically for this podcast that I haven't just been the girl at the library or the the b- b- borders wherever you are <laughs> gawking at the readers um i will out loud oh my god <laughs> you know i will stand up this he fucking can you but you know and my husband's like what happened and he's thinking twitter the news trump's dad or something you know what i mean <laughs> and i'm like no i didn't know joan of arc fucking and he's like oh jesus christ you it's <laughs> he's like these people have been dead for 1500 years i'm like i know but i didn't it's gossip it's still gossip it is hot guys right off the press and so so you assign me lesbians now i understand you have done your field research already <laughs> on this you better believe I'm out there researching something. <laughs> <I've been laughs> you don't read, but you do open a page. I d- I've opened some books in, in other ways. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and I, and I mean, everybody loves lesbians. I myself am not a lesbian. I know I could eat pussy, but you would not catch me dead in a Subaru. So oh, I don't think there's that's any... That's the sweetest thing I've ever heard in my yeah, life. Oh, pussy. <laughs> yeah, that is the sweetest thing I've ever heard in my life. How, like, pro-woman of you to be oh, like, give I, me as much pussy as you need, but pussy. I just can't with the carabiners and the, the Subaru. <laughs> you know? And, like, I have to draw a line somewhere. Good for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you have you. lesbianish energy. I've heard that. Yes? I've heard that. You've never... Have you kissed a woman? Yeah. Love kissing women. Oh, don't. No, yeah. Yeah, I've kissed women. They were friends of mine, but it wasn't... This was important, I thought, is that we literally... The college, like, the classic thing was sort of a... well. 
let's go ahead and try this out. Oh, you know? cute. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. guys think, because, like, I think you're hot. And it was like, yeah, I, I kind of think you're hot, too. And you make out. And then the you just kind of get like, well, I guess I'm done now. Wow. And I would suspect, I would suspect that this is how, because I remember asking me, like, how did you know you were gay? And I was like, well, I think it's important. Like, how did you know you were straight? Yeah. And um, for me, it was the Under Pressure music video with Freddie Mercury. <laughs> oh, yeah. And David Bowie, which is ironic, I yeah, think. It is, because, because those are some uh, yeah, very flamboyant men. Yeah. <laughs> it's not exactly a Thor scenario. No, but, um, uh-uh, nope. Those are my fashion icons. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I was probably like around four, and I remember seeing the music video and the cod piece and the thrusting and uh -huh. just being like, mm-hmm. Wow. God damn, I don't know what that is, but I gotta get upstairs. I you know, gotta... this kind of just really sub submitifies my, uh, solidifies my theory that there's nothing gayer than a straight woman. Because <laughs> I feel like they're kissing more girls than I am and falling in love with Fred Freddie Mercury, which is also pretty fucking gay. Yeah, pretty gay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah for sure. Gay. For sure. And then like making out with women, you're like, ooh, kissing, this is great. But then literally being like, I don't, I'm good, it's good. And I know this is true because my, my friend Ryan, um, accidentally touched a boob once, mm -hmm. and it was like putting salt on a snail. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, again, if you're ever wondering, like, where am I at? And you're like, oh, but, you know, you could put your dick between these boobs, and it's like, no, thank mm. you. Yeah. Like, I think that's how, you know, if you're not sure, try to put your dick between a pair of boobs. So here's my... And if it fits, it sits. If I... God... <laughs> Um, friends, here's my plan for this hilfing of lesbians, all right? We're gonna, I'm so fucking excited, okay? We're gonna start with the OG, all right? We're gonna, we're gonna go back to the original lesbian. We're gonna get into the linguistics or the cuntolinguistics as it yes. works. Dawn, you had to! She had to! She had to do that contractually! I don't write a lot down. I wrote cuntolinguistics down. She had to. It's like, don't, don't, don't you sleep on cuntolinguistics, Dawn. That's a really good one. Um, and, and then I'm going to go from there through a couple of my favorite nuggets because I do dig deep in the anals and, and come up with, with, our best, with our best nuggets. And so that is what I have in store for you. And so without further ado, let's fuck. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now, ladies and gentlemen, our OG, our original lesbian, Sappho, from the Isle of anyone? Did you know that? Why are these dykes out here screaming? How are these, like, they know more than... I'm so Guys, stupid. The Isle of Lesbos. I feel like you learn about the Isle of Lesbos 12, around the same time as you learn there's a planet called your anus. You know what I mean? Wait, like, is this a real place? Oh, I'm so excited you're Wait, here. Wait, what's happening? Oh, my God. You all know that you all know of this? Some of them do. Some of them do. Some Raise your hand if you don't. I want to make sure I'm not the... Who okay, doesn't know you. what the Isle of Lesbos is? Okay. okay. Oh, another lesbian doesn't know, too. Yes. Okay, so we're good. So, okay. The Isle of Lesbos, I, I believe you can. You all have ancestral home there. I think if you come, having eaten a... Like, if you have pussy on your breath, they yes. give you a quarter of the island. I'm not entirely Incredible. sure how it works. No. I'm, I'm also just picturing, you know where Gal Gadot is on doing arrows? That's what I'm picturing. Yeah, that's fair. That's actually exactly right, because the Amazon myth does suggest that they are from the Isle of Lesbos, which is a real island in Greece. It is fucking gorgeous, okay? Oh, my God. Sappho of, of Lesbos. Sappho, if you've ever heard of a sapphic, something is 
That's from her. Whoa. And Lesbos is the island she lived on. So Sappho of Lesbos, we are talking this bitch is the bitch. Whoa. Okay. So here's, now she was around 600 BC. You don't have to do math. That's about 2,500 years ago. Whew. That's a long time. That means we lose a lot of shit. Like, we don't know. There's a lot of holes in, like, what we know, so to speak. Hot. There's a lot of holes um, <laughs> in what we know about Sappho. But here's what we know for sure. Mm -hmm. She was rich. She was a world-famous poet known throughout the known world in her lifetime. And she was into girls. Wow. All right? That's what we basically know about Sappho. She was a pagan, of course, because this is 600 years before Christ. So she's uh, worshiping the Greek gods. She is, like, when I say famous, like, how famous is she? This girl is in the Odyssey. She's referenced in the Odyssey, in the Iliad. She is uh, featured on ancient pottery and silks. Her poems are not just in their entirety, but in anthologies and quoted. She is up there with the rest of the masters. And what they didn't really harp on much was her being into girls that just she was a great poet but it was sort of incidental it was not her her great poetry was her defining thing that she was into girls was sort of later because well weren't the poems kind of gay as fuck oh the brr, you know yeah yeah they, they must very, have been they were love poems oh, about yeah. she and i'm a woman and it's all about her but it's mm. love for a woman cute and the pagans were open you know zeus turned into a fucking swan and you know yeah <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, their myths are already very, like, ah, uh, yeah, you can, yeah. We, they're, like, into this very sexual. Exactly. Gay didn't get bad. Like, people didn't, like, do the record scratch on a poem from a woman about loving a woman until, like, 300 A.D. Mm. And this is when Christianity becomes the official religion of Rome. Wait a sec. Christianity had something to do with the demonization of... <laughs> Boy, this health podcast is really illuminating. You know, uh. you know, I think that this is also very interesting to think about. If there was a time before Christianity came and kind of, you know, fucked everything up, there was a time where this, like, gorgeous, rich, talented woman could have incredible poetry and her namesake was her talents and she could also just be gay. I think that that is kind of very powerful. Yeah. That was ruined, is what I'm yes. saying. Yes, <laughs> right? And ruined for a million reasons because the pagans had a lot of things right, but they were also a bunch of cunts themselves. Like, let's be honest. Right, yeah. Too nice to the pagans. But um, they had a lot of things locked down. But the Christians, when the, once Christianity becomes the official religion of Rome, here's the key. Church and state. Ding, 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 right? Holy Roman Empire. There is no separation. The emperor is also the head of the church. And one of the things that we use still, of course, to preserve power, to pass on power, the way the levers of power are maneuvered at this point is through a male reproductive line. And that is the fucking thing we're actually establishing and protecting. And the Christian church, what they get is the fucking empire and the whole Roman Empire not killing them in gladiatorial raises anymore and making people pay their fucking tithes and whatever. And what the, what the government gets is that spiritual terrorism, right? Mm. The ability to say, even if you don't believe it, God said so. Right. And we now wield a bigger axe because we've joined together. It's why the separation of church and state is a big goddamn deal. Yes, <laughs> okay. yes. Okay. So, but. Ooh, I like you. when you get fired up, Don. Mm. Wow. Um, and, and the thing is, not just separating like how power is through sex, it is about 
gender roles. Right. Men got to do what men do, and women have to do what women do. That is more than sexuality, because people didn't even understand exactly, like, can women even have sex? You know, there's no baby. They, we didn't even really know about female orgasm until the 20th fucking century. Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, officially. So they were like, yeah, women be alone, and they knit or whatever they do in there, and then they come on <laughs> in and have our babies. Like, that's, you know, it all works out great. Um, but, but the key, right, is the male line. And even when we got progressive and the powers uh, could travel through a female line, you could get a throne through a female line, it was still about male, female, and reproductive. And those are the most important, um, important things. And if there's any question, consider for a moment my friend Joan of Arc. For those of you who are here, this episode is yet to come. For some of you who may be listening, uh, it is already out. But Joan of Arc was a 15-year-old French girl who fought in the army, killed a bunch of English people, claimed to hear the voice of God instructing her, and when she is captured and put on trial, the very first crime they read to her is, why did you dress like a boy? Oh. And when they strap this bitch to the stake and burn her ass, the first crime they mention for why they're doing it is because you just wouldn't stop dressing like a boy. Fucking wild. It was. That shit would flip the fucking table, right? Okay, so we've got to have, and that means that really what the ch church was doing was burning people. They burned also almost all of Sappho's poetry. No! They had two big purges of Sappho's poetry. One was in about 500 AD. They burned everything they had. And then in 1073, Pope Gregory burned everything else they could find. Was it too... Too good? Too sexy? They it were like, was, this is too hot? It, it just mentioned, it just illuminated the reality of women loving other women. Wow. And it couldn't, and it couldn't stand. But historians, ooh, they'd be sticklers, right? And we had these guys in the 1870s literally went through a rubbish dump, uh, the equivalent of an ancient garbage heap. And they found a lot of it. And so some of it is preserved. So pulling from the flames, one of her most famous poems, one of the few to survive. I'm going to read in part, Ode to Aphrodite. Go off, Dawn! I'm gonna close my eyes. Okay. I'm gonna really settle into this okay. one. <clears throat> Immortal Aphrodite, on your intricately brocaded throne, child of Zeus, weaver of wiles, this I pray. Dear lady, don't crush my heart with pains and sorrows, but come here. If ever before, when you heard my far off cry, you listened, and what did I especially desire for myself in my frenzied heart? Who this time am I to persuade to your love? Sappho, who is doing you wrong? For even if she flees, soon she shall pursue. And if she refuses gifts, soon she shall give them. If she doesn't love you, soon she shall love, even if she is unwilling. Hello, consent, Whoopsie. Sappho. <laughs> um, I would much prefer to see the lovely way she walks and the radiant glance of her face mm. than the war chariots of Lydians or their foot soldiers in arms. Whoa. <laughs> Let me get a minute, Dawn. I know. Whoa. I know. Sappho of Lesbos. And before we say goodbye to Sappho... <laughs> My, my favorite little health nugget about her I had to bring to you. There was, briefly, in one of the tomes about Sappho, they said, oh, 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 looks like she was married. And everyone was like, fine, it certainly doesn't preclude one from being gay, but what does this mean? Was she bisexual? Was she hiding it? Was she in the closet? Was this, what was this? And then the historians were like, hang on a hot minute. 
we think it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> we think we think that that it was an ancient joke. <laughs> Buckle up, guys. So the tell the one place they find it says, Sappho is married to Kirklius of Andros. And everyone's like, ah, oh, yes, look at that, married to Kirklius of Andros. And then the cuntilinguistists later <laughs> were like, hang on a minute. And they start to do their linguist stuff on this. And they were like, Kirklius isn't a name. Like, that isn't a thing people call each other. So they were like, Kirklius, the root of that word is penis. And Andros is a place. It's an island in Greece, but it's also the word for man. Mm. So really, this thing is like, oh, yeah, Sappho was married to the dick of man. Hysterical. Hysterical. It's a fucking joke. It's a fucking joke. That's it would like be when like, I, like, my girlfriend roasts me. She's like, where's your keys? Did you leave it on Dick Island? They're like, of course she never left it there. Like, it's a fucking yeah, yeah. joke. No, they're like, oh, is, is Rachel married? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, she's married to Sir Cuntilingus. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. oh, go find her husband. Oh, like, her husband okay. Dill of Dodo yeah. Island. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're playing a trick on us. It was an ancient joke. Oh, I like, love that. I mean, I mean, not only were there gays there was stand-up. they were being funny yeah. all right oh my god historians so that, lol now that so that is the section on sappho of the isle of lesbos do you have any questions before i move on to chapter two i feel like i've learned a lot because i've always heard of sapphics and you'll know are there lesbians in here right now yes okay yes right and then yes you count sir of course why not the the water is fine. Everyone is welcome. Uh, I I think it's I I didn't realize that that was an actual gay poet who was out there just slaying puss. So I think this is great. This is great. It gives you such an icebreaker. And your so next so party. late, so late, long ago, BC. We're talking six hundred BC. That's hot. To it's me. hot. It yeah. is hot. Um, we are gonna we're gonna go further. We're gonna come back into the the future. We're gonna flash forward about 2,400 years, 2,450 years uh, to 1976 in America. Here we I go. I cannot wait to tell you about the lesbian sex wars. Woo. Oh no! <gasps> uh huh. Oh, I'm, uh, you, no. I want you to know that I am picturing something very goofy. <laughs> okay, good. I, I think it's actually really important that everyone picture and try to stick a pin in their minds on what they think the lesbian sex wars are because uh, if you get it right, I'll give you a koozie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so we've got, we're, we're 1976. Now here's the big conscious leap. Obviously, I have, we have jumped a lot in time. Mm -hmm. But here's the biggest, and we're not good yet, like we're not, we're still not like have our arms completely around the diversity of sexuality and gender identity. God knows. But we are post Stonewall. We are post Stonewall, and in yeah, and in 1976 there is right. We've got like some some culture cooking. Um, the biggest deal is we've at least acknowledged gays are real. Yes. Okay. Honestly, like, baby like steps, truly. but still steps. Ba baby steps, and this is I don't I don't mean to keep calling out. Lana Adams. However, um, she did tell me that when she was growing up, she didn't believe in gay. And it wasn't like she didn't believe it was good. She thought it was a, like a jackalope. Like, <laughs> you know? I mean, truly. Like a I, myth. A complete like a, myth. a made like, up thing. Yeah, okay, there's men that don't want to fuck women. <laughs> okay, no. Like, that sounds like a great way to get you into the car. To yeah, go, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And, um, and I think that this isn't that... Like, you guys, most of the people watching didn't know Liberace was gay. They were not Whoa. pretending they didn't know Liberace was gay. They didn't know what gay was. Wow. They, they didn't know that that sequin fucking... Come on. You know? Wow. Like, they didn't know. And I do think, like, the early translators of Sappho, for example, did. They were like, 
she is my, that can't be right. Right. You know, and they'd be like, this is a woman poet? All right. Um, the lady, that can't be right. Right? And then finally being like, no, this is a lady writing about ladies. And then I think they were similar. Like, well, there's a Pegasus, and Zeus turns into a swan and has sex with a tree, and women make love to each other. I mean, it's all... It's very interesting to think about, but I'm sure it's a metaphor. This yeah. is the like the, the straight washing that happens, and you'll, if you're a gay couple in the world, and you if you this is, happens a lot, where straight people will see if I'm like with a femme woman, I've got long hair. Straight people will be like, "Wow, those sisters sure are touching each other a lot." Like they all, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there is the assumption of like, well, it couldn't possibly be gay because that doesn't tout as the yeah they're like why are they putting each other's fingers in their mouth oh they were probably just sharing an ice yeah. cream sundae yeah. They, yeah. and just platonically at, at best I mean there's no yeah. there's that weirdness of like well yeah. if you don't experience it ever yeah. they're like I have no idea what the fuck they're doing totally totally and that ignorance I think is a combination of like naivete yes. and, and a number of things isolation who knows but really by 1976 we know it's real is it mental illness is it a sin uh, but it happens yes. and we accept that it's real and more than that there is some established Established culture happening, especially in cities like San Francisco, where people are living out and proud, and and things are going gangbusters. And we have, of course, in the 70s, a general civil rights movement. We are fighting for black rights. We are fighting for women's rights. We are fighting for immigrants' rights, right? And there is this huge, quote unquote, women's movement, a women's wave, right? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't specifically gay, but there's a lot of dykes up in this, oh, yeah. right? Like steering the ship. But their issues and what they're fighting for in general are uh, we think that women should be able to open their own bank accounts. What? <laughs> right? Um, I mean, equal pay, let's not be nuts. Uh, women's bathrooms on the floor of Congress, right? Preserving voting and Roe v. Wade and things that all of the women were like, yes, yes, yes. And, uh, and everyone's under this big tent. And then in 1976, this movie comes out. It's kind of a softcore porn called Snuff. A snuff film, of course, is a film in which they real or perceived murder someone t in part of a sexual arousal. And this movie, Snuff, was bad, by the way. I was going to watch it. <laughs> I was like, oh, guys, do my research. But really, everybody, even people who are like, it's worth watching, if only because we're like, don't bother. It's really actually bad and mm. not even that gory. It's not that good. But two women who led the women's rights movement, Andrea Dworkin and Catherine McKinnon, picket Snuff in New York City and take this up as their mantle. Not just pornography, but violent pornography. And then they get together in their National Organization for Women, or NOW, and they have their huge conference for what are we gonna fight for, for women's rights this year, like 1976, what's our fucking platform, ladies? And they were like, here's the platform, ladies! We got the big four! One, we are against pedastry, right? Pedophilia! And everyone's like, of course, Great. God, fuck, yes, awful, that shit's gotta go. Right? And then they were like, and pornography. And there was a slightly less enthusiastic. <laughs> and they were like, and BDSM, bondage and sadomasochism. And some people were like, hmm. Right? <laughs> and public sex, the big four. Pedophilia, yes! Pornography, BDSM, public sex, right? What the fuck? So the women, yeah. And so a lot of the women, especially what the, they started to be called the sex forward feminists, Ooh. were like, you know what? I was here to like preserve the vote, but like what the fuck business is it of yours if I like getting walked around with a leash once in a while? Mm. You know? And also we know you prudes, you bitches. We know you prudes and you bitches and you be like, this is about saving women and protecting women, but you're just anti-kink and yeah. you're anti-sex and you just don't want to hear about everyone's little thing. And so... 
as in all great things, from religion to corporations to movements, there's a split, yeah, down the middle. And you have the radical feminists who are rabidly anti-pornography and the lesbian sex mafia. Let's go. <laughs> Let's fucking go. As they later coin themselves, <laughs> who are a self-professed BDSM-loving dykes. Yes. Who approach the Council on Women's Issues and are like, bullshit. Okay, so they're already having a fight. I've often been asked if I could ever get into like a time travel machine. Where would I go? Yeah. I, where would you go if you could tra travel through time, Rachel? I'm very curious. Where would you go? <sighs> Anywhere in time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to get in that poem. Wait till you see this fucking skinny sculpture-esque bitch. Let's go, Sappho. Be Got like, some we're, rewrites. We're going to have to put you on some tall flute glasses. For real. You don't fit on a pot, girl. I could barely see her. She was so skinny. Um, I feel like I would go, I would like to see, I would go to a concert. I mean, we've already brought up Freddie Mercury, but I'm a huge fan, so I think I would go to see Freddie perform live. Oh, like, IRL. like Live Aid? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I would, yeah. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. hell's bells. Yeah, going to a concert. Probably less likely to like throw off the time-space continuum. Yeah, no, I'm like such that. a non, I would be like just watching and then I would just pack up and just live in that time zone. Nothing would change. Everyone would be completely fine. It'd be very chill. I wouldn't it's change important. the world. Listen, I'm, I'm very bored at this point. I don't need to go change anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've done it. So yeah, I think I would just go watch and then take it out. And then take it out. Put your yeah. ticket. Put your ticket in a thing, and yeah. just keep that for you. Yeah. That's great. Where would I, you go? Well, I, I, w I would go to the 1982 Barnard College Sex Conference. <laughs> so specific, Don. You've really thought about this, Don. I have. I mean, and I'd get a lanyard. <laughs> Let me tell you why your answer is about to change. Why yeah. all y'all, when you get your Bill and Ted telephone booth, you're going to get your titties to the 1982 Bernard College sex conference. Their whole deal is a women's liberal arts college in New York. And their whole thing was like, we are going to have a conference on non-reproductive sex. Incredible. The Women, best kind. Exactly. <laughs> Women couldn't agree more. I haven't had a uterus since nine, uh, 2018 and I feel five pounds lighter. Um, <laughs> no uterus, no problem. <laughs> no uterus, no problems. <laughs> Um, and um, so their whole thing was like, we women um, are, are sexually bound by many things. And one of them is their sexuality must always be tied to reproduction. Mm -hmm. And women's pleasure is rarely discussed. Mm -hmm. And so at this 1982 sex conference, they were going to be discussing sex in a very open conference. What kind of porn do you like? Maybe you are curious about bondage. It was a very open deal, okay? Two organizations come to picket, and I want everybody to really open their ears. I'm gonna touch your mic. Please do. Because this, what I'm about to say, is very historically important. <laughs> okay, so these dykes be talking lots of kinky shit, okay? And the radical feminists catch wind of this. And Catherine McKinnon, by the way, one of the gals who first protested snuff, has already spoken to Congress a couple times, and she has said, quote, I am a radical feminist and not the fun kind. <laughs> 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 so everyone's fully aware of where these Woo! lines are drawn, okay? Woo! 
She is part of the National Organization for Women now when they show up with their big-ass signs, N-O-W, shut this shit down. And then this other group of women show up with their signs. It's the Women Against Pornography, or W-A-P. Wow. Which, wow. of course, in 2022 Ugh. is wet-ass pussy. Sure is. <laughs> it sure is. Which means when I step out of my Bill and Ted's booth, I am going to see a bunch of leather-bound bull dykes yes. squaring up against a bunch of twats holding signs that say, W-A-P-N-O-W. Yes! <laughs> All right? And what this means, again, with whatever you thought, the lesbian sex wars, we're not lesbians fighting the squares, fighting the mainstream to, like, project their lesbian sex. It was BDSM-loving lesbians against radical feminists, which means... It was hot girl on girl <laughs> in an effort to stop pornography. Have you ever th heard of a better premise to a porno? No, I mean, this is some power dynamics. There are kinks involved. 1982 tube socks and mm. little t-shirts and just like, shut it down! Yeah, no, oh. the, no, a lot of like oh. nipples. I feel like there was not a lot of padding and bras at that time in history. Oh, I mean, wow. I mean, I mean, amen. And I told you that they coined themselves uh, the lesbian sex mafia. The lesbian sex mafia still exists. They are very open and inclusive, and they are glad to inform you of all of your BDSM kink uh, opportunities. And they before they did briefly, however, call themselves uh, and were coined the Women's Sewing Circle and Terrorism Society. Oh. <laughs> no, I know lesbians are so fun. I know. I didn't know that Dykes had such good alliteration. Have <laughs> you um Have you heard of during this particular time there was the women's movement and then it fractioned off because they also didn't want to include the lesbians at all because they're going mm -hmm. ham on the like leather and etc. Um, but then they, the like, you know, the the prudy twat ones mm -hmm. started referring to the other group as lavender menaces. <gasps> Have you heard this? No. Yes. You so, gave me a little help there. Look at me knowing one singular thing. You're welcome. <laughs> I like that. Thank you so much. Good like to be the, here. The Good lavender menace. Menace. Yeah. I feel like if Ryan Ripple were a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> Gorgeous. Have you ever considered that as a new stage name? He would be oh. the Lavender Menace. Yeah. The next time I introduce him on stage for stand-up, I'm going to be like, give it up for the Lavender, Lavender Menace. Menace. Yeah, 100%. Right. And then the lesbians will be like, fuck, that's us. That's yeah. us. Damn it. <laughs> one of our favorites. Well, if you're, you're not done with great names yet, because our final chapter on the hilfing of lesbians is Dykes on Bikes. Let's go! Ooh, bling, bling. Ooh, these Dykes on Bikes. Now, uh, Dykes on Bikes, if you're not familiar, are a women's motorcycle club um, that also began in the 1970s, an excellent time uh, uh, to be a dyke. Um, and um, it was started by, um, among other people, L.B. Gunn, Kaylin Elliott Arms, Christine Elliott. They now have 22 chapters. And among the interesting things about Dykes on Bikes is that in 2007, they took a fight all the way to the Supreme Court in order to register their trademark, Dykes on Bikes, because the patent office had, at the time, a very specific law that you cannot trademark a racial slur. Mm, yes. Or any kind of slur against a group of people. Yes. And so the 
Dykes on Bikes organization in 2007 fought hard to prove they love the word dyke. It means strong, powerful woman. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter that people have been using it uh, in a derogatory way to them. It is a sign of honor and identity. They have embraced it. They are reclaiming it. And they are demanding the right to wear it on their trademarked logo. And they won. Let's go. Let's go. Right? So, wow. and it was so great. And part of their argument was this origin of dyke. So more linguistics for you guys. Yes. Um, right? So we know that dyke comes from bull dyke. That yes. was the original. It was first written down in the 1920s. But we know from our episode on swear words uh, that anytime you see a, a profane word written down, it was probably spoken for at least a decade depending on uh, before it was written down. People were saying it in slang, and somebody finally figured out how to spell it. <laughs> right? <laughs> and they're like, oh, why? Yeah. <laughs> but bull dyke, okay. <laughs> why, all right. Let's do that. Yeah, it looks, it looks kind of like a bing. Yeah, oh, um, the, oh perfect, yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. they love it. They'll, they'll really understand. <laughs> um, so bull diker is what this physician in the 1920s wrote down. One of his patients had claimed to be a bull diker. And he then goes on that she had used a phallic instrument to to bring to orgasm another woman. And he was like, fascinating. Hot. Right? I love it. Show me. Um, no. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and um, so there's two sort of theories about where we get bull dyke. One is that you get bull as in a strong male version of an animal, mm -hmm. right, is the bull. And dyke as in ditch, as in vulva. Uh-huh. Right? Sure. So dyke, ditch, vulva, bull, strong male. So a strong male vulva. Incredible. Is one of the theories of bull dyke. That honestly feels pretty accurate. I agree. You go, yep, bull, yep. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Somebody goes, that's a bull dyke. And then they explain what it means. And you go, hmm. Yeah. Okay. But the other explanation is equally viable, which is bull, as in fake, mm -hmm. bullshit, right? Fake. And dyke, as in dick. So a bull dyke is a fake dick. Oh, right, like a strap. A, 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 a strap-on or a imitation male. Sure. Yeah, I know. Both equally by Again, we're all like, well, it's clearly bull dyke is the word, right? <laughs> we don't know where it came from, but clearly it's the word. And there have been bull dykes for a long time, clearly, long before we had the word. But in World War II... Bull dykes really came into their own. Because we were recruiting women for the first time into the military. And the propaganda mm -hmm. was showing uh, your beautiful Marilyn Monroe, right, fixing an airplane and the little waist. And like, look at these dresses and the shoes. Like, trust me, you're still going to be a lady. Yes. Right? With the... But that was only one. Yeah. And even when I do this, you're like, look at that little waist. There we go. You know what I mean? Look at you. No shoes, no problem. Mm, mm, no. He don't care. This man has taken his shoes off. Just if you're and wondering. Great. I'm so sorry. His bare feet mm -hmm. are looking at me in the eyes for the past mm -hmm. 25 minutes. I'm so sorry to take... No, but they are beautiful toes. And I also feel like it's only fair because uh, I am sitting in like a knee-length skirt facing people, so there's probably some undies but up in your I do think you. we can all agree that we would rather see women's underwear than men's feet. <laughs> I don't uh, mean to roast you, I'm so... And it's only, it's a shame too, because he was wearing sandals. It's like, how bound up were they? No, I know. I'm like, you. there's fresh air in those sandals, sir. There's, you're getting plenty. There's no socks. There's, I can still see all of your feet. See, Incredible. why shame? How can there be such shame? Coming, look, I'm like one of those now bitches. You are. Oh, no. Oh, oh right. no. Like, put it away. Put you know those, what? Bring them back out and walk away. on me after class. 
I love I love that you called this clay. <laughs> I love I'm hot for tea. Like if this was class, tell me you wouldn't have gotten a fucking A everything. Yeah. Oh if my this was god. Class, if this right? was class, it'd been so much oh easier. I mean, god. how hot and focused would you be on your teacher if this if Don was your teacher? Are you kidding me? Uh, Same, a hundred percent. Like I don't know, Rachel just loves history. We don't know what happened. <laughs> she is doing a lot of extra credit. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, so we're in World War II. Class, that's enough. Um, we're in World War II. Now, here's the thing, though: the bull decks really come in their own, and it wasn't, so to speak, and it wasn't even like they were necessarily hiding it. That they were like, "Hey, you square, masculine ass bitches that we've all been playing softball with and like pretending we don't see for the last hundred years, have we got a job for you, right?" <laughs> and Fleshman's Yeast had an ad with a big old bull dyke dressed like a boy riding a motorcycle <sighs> with a tagline, now is not the time to be frail. Like, full-on celebration of these masculine women because we're going to need you girls. And That's we incredible. Did. And it was a lot of people that were not previously welcome in the military were drafted and welcomed. Women weren't drafted, of course, but they were recruited and they were very, very necessary. Whoa. And um, a lot of these women came in from their jobs in civilian life, chomping a cigar with the hair slicked back and yes. their jeans, and they were like, fucking sign me up. And they did, and they worked as mechanics largely. They fixed planes, and primarily where this history brings us is they worked on motorcycles. Oh, right? wow. Motorcycles were a key part of maneuverability and combat in World War II. They only became this really fun recreational thing sort of after. So World War II is over, and you get your leather subculture. And if you have any question as to why it came out of World War II or that we all know that a motorcycle and a leather jacket is a dangerous subculture, we are now in 2022. And if you're writing a screenplay and you just need someone to be a bad guy, a bad boy, someone everyone knows to look out for, mm -hmm. they roll up on a motorcycle wearing a leather jacket. And it's like a type now. We just know. And it really originated in the 1950s post-World War II because it wasn't just the bull dykes. It was all of the subculture individuals who were wealthy into World War II and used so dramatically, who were then thrust back into, here's your apron, ladies, go back to the kitchen, and gentlemen, here's a suit, tie, and a pencil for you to push. And they were like, ah, mm-mm, like I didn't want it before. I sure the fuck don't want it now. And they felt very disregarded, and they had a little chip on their shoulder. The movie On the Waterfront, starring Marlon Brando, became this like fashion-forward element of subculture that had to do with motorcycles, and anyone who worked on them in the, in the war was the best. Nobody in civilian life could fucking touch a motorcycle like somebody who had just worked on them in the war. They could rage across this country in ways that nobody else could, and they loved this leather jacket, right? For those of you who have seen Easy Rider, came out in 1969, um, starring Henry Fonda and, and Jack Nicholson and Dennis Hopper, also shows just how off-put Americans were by these guys in leather jackets and motorcycles, like something's fucking up there, you know what I mean? And the women felt the same way, right? I just actually did a stand-up show at the Eagle, which is a gay leather bar in Hollywood. And I did all this research <laughs> into like where it came from because I thought, oh, I'll have a great time down there at the Eagle and I'll let them know <laughs> about where the leather came <laughs> from and so why sweet. they're so into it. And so I had done a lot of the research and then I got on stage. I was like, hey, you guys like leather? And they were like, we don't want to hear anything. 
this. And I was like, I'll just tell some jokes about Wisconsin then. But now you guys do get to benefit from that. It's like where this leather came from and why it took that little, that little leap right over there into BDSM when it started to come down to these squares and these women talking about preserving the family. And they're like, that is code for we're no longer welcome here. Well, yeah. how interesting that, you know, this subgroup of people who were, have been themselves the whole time, have been masculine, have been powerful, not frail, helpful, useful, smart individuals. When it benefits the government, they're like, let's give you a sticker, everyone. We love them. Come, give us your labor, give us your bodies. And then the second the war is over, they're like, get a fucking out of here. Of course you're going to get a chip on your shoulder. Yes, like bind together as a group. But how interesting you can just use people for just a tiny, tiny bit of time, and then throw them out. Yeah, you, yeah, get, you exactly get mad. Right. You become a group, and you get jackets and, and, a patch and patches. Is, that's exactly oh, right. Oh, I'd love but a patch. This, but this is exactly why, Rachel, they were like, we own Dyke. Yeah. Because we were so useful, because we have always been proud. Yes. Because we've never, you, nobody have, you called us Dykes thinking it hurt our feelings. Mm -hmm. But you just, all it means is strong, masculine woman. I fucking love being a strong Masculine woman, I don't <sighs> mind that. I love other strong masculine women, and and we have saved America, mm -hmm. right? And um and it was so fascinating. And this is this is the the last thing I want to leave you with because it's such food for thought. I told you that the Dykes on Bikes won their trademark lawsuit yes. in two thousand seven. They then joined forces with and fought hard in two twenty seventeen for another group called uh, Tam and the Slants. They are an Asian American band out of Oregon that similarly went to the patent office because the patent office said you can't trademark slants. It's a racial slur. And they were like, well, this is ours word and we like it and we'd like to reclaim it. Now think about though the delicate ground they're walking on in 2017 when we are simultaneously arguing about the Redskins. Okay, so if you really want to just take a lean back, and especially if you are a cis white dude who doesn't need to think about this anymore because it doesn't pertain to you, then you just throw up your arms and go, so what the fuck? We can either use these words or we can't, right? How, why, why does that, what, so they can use it and she can use it, but I can't put it on my football team. This is all a sham, blah, blah, blah. When it takes this much more thought and this much more dialogue to understand the clear and obvious difference between these instances, which is a group of self-identifying individuals reclaiming a word that pertains to them, mm -hmm. standing arm in arm with another group of marginalized people saying, this is their word. The, the dykes weren't even saying, we'll call, these slants have a right to, you know what I mean? Right. They, were like, they were like, it's their word. You yeah. know what I mean? And we fought our, <laughs> we're going to let them, whatever. And red I do not remember any redskins saying how much they loved their word. This is a group of people outside of the community to which the word is referring, taking ownership of the word and saying in which way they can wield it outwardly. This kind of dialogue, I think, is so, so nuanced and so important. And it is the kind of dialogue that we are going to have to increasingly engage in today. Mm -hmm. And that means not just being like, oh, yes, a slant. They shouldn't be allowed to say it. It's a racial slur. Pump the fucking brakes, right? You can hold in your mind that they can't say redskins and they can say slants when you just read a little more. Yes. <laughs> and listen a little more. And I think that this is something we can all take away. Yeah. yeah. Fucking gorgeous. Yes, Dawn!
thank you so much. It also means, thank you. This also means, my friends, that technically, civically, legally, it's good to call someone a dyke. It's good. They like, we like it. It is meant as a term of endearment. It is a strong, powerful thing. And so, Rachel Scanlon, you dyke. <laughs> you gorgeous, funny, brilliant. I sure am. Generous Dyke, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Of that has been the Hilf of Lesbians. Wow. I've never been called Dyke so much by a straight woman in my entire life. <laughs> Not on a love seat this soft. Not on a love seat this soft. Thanks so much for having me. This yeah, is do you have any questions before we go? No, I feel like I've learned a lot I also I don't know if you knew this but I used to host a podcast called Two Dykes and a Mic <gasps> and that we've we run into so many issues with getting shadow banned on TikTok and Instagram for having the word dyke in it and it's so funny because we go out on the road and it uni the second people see the name Two Dykes and a Mic lesbians will show up in fucking herds and they're so excited because they know exactly who we are and they're so proud they're like it's so nice to see you dyke on a marquee and it's so important and all this stuff but it's so interesting straight people they don't understand that they get caught up in the slur of it all which you know whatever but i think it's great i mean obviously i'm a look at this vest i'm a dyke <laughs> i mean come the fuck on uh, and we are as we record this we're right around the corner from gay pride yes. and many of us know dykes on bikes because they often ride out in front of the gay pride parades it's been a tradition in san francisco forever and what i love is that part of it was necessity the dykes on bikes weren't that huge of an organization but it's like really hard to ride a motorcycle at walking speed for like a whole parade <laughs> so once they got there they were like we love it but we like can't be behind that float we got to be out front we're going to go it. We're going to make everybody's teeth rattle a little bit. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, I am so, so e eternally grateful that you are here in the audience with me tonight. I am also grateful for all of you listening um, out there in the eternity that is podcast land. Thank you again to Ryan Ripple. Yeah. So fantastic. Um, my guest, Rachel Scanlon. I am a fan. I am a fan. This has been History I'd Like to Fuck with Don Brody. I'm Don Brody, reminding you that history is a party and everybody's coming. Good night. <laughs>
<laughs> I know, Hilf Central. <laughs> I'm so excited. Hi there, I'm Laurel. And I'm Katie. Two sisters who love talking about history, and we are the hosts of Hightailing Through History. In each episode, we surprise each other with a story about the unknown or unusual bits of history that make the past a goldmine of fun. A Chinese sex worker turned pirate queen who had the largest fleet in history. How one of the world's greatest generals was defeated by an army of rabbits. And what real-life person inspired the Mortal Kombat character, Scorpion. History's amazing women, daring escapes, unbelievable rescues, and hey, Canada's maple syrup cartel. In addition to hightailing through different people, places, and events in history, we are also telling our tales. Hi, Laurel, our resident stoner, but I prefer boozing. But you don't have to enjoy those things to enjoy our podcast. We've saved you a seat in our smoke circle. Come relax, have a laugh, and enjoy history's weird and wonderful moments as we hightail through history. That's hightailing through history. You can find it on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.